you know, that, that, that song, that if you get a picture in your mind, the Lord came, he suffered, he died, but then he rose from the grave. He, he shook death off. It's something I had to go through. <laughs> you got to get the picture. Death was something he just had to go through. So when he was finished with it, just shook it off. See, I told you before, death doesn't end life. Life ends death. Because when life shows up, death is gone. And the Lord that we serve, he just shook it off. Take these gray clothes off. Leave them right here. I ain't in there no more. As our minister Jack said that he didn't, he, they didn't kill him. He just died. He just decided, okay, it's time now. Oh, okay, that's over. Shake that off. Went through it. Through it. The thing that causes so much fear and concern of us, of, about us in our lives, he went through it. And then he looked at us and said, you can too. And you can too. And you can too. You can. I showed you how. You can too. Death don't end the story. Not at all. So, Father, we are just so grateful for that understanding, so grateful that we know you that way, that, Lord, we have this personal, intimate relationship with you, that everything that you have done, we can grab hold of it and apply it to our lives. Lord, when we're facing death, all we know is that it's just something we got to go through. When it looks like it's the end, you are still the winner, Lord God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We give you glory and we give you honor and we give you praise, oh God. We lift up your holy name for you alone are worthy to be praised. Worthy, almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Lord, every time we come together in your presence, we are looking for you to speak to us. We thank you for speaking through the words, the songs, Lord God, and we're asking that you would speak through the word. Lord, this is just a vessel to deliver your word, oh God. So, Lord, use this vessel for your glory. Let these words be your words so that your people will be edified, encouraged, challenged, oh God, matured, growing up in you, Lord God, so that we can accomplish the things that you've given us to do. For we know you're coming back, Lord, and we look forward to that day. Help us to be ready, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, the stuff that we've been talking about, what's been settling in my heart, there's a lot of things that when we look at the world and look at who the Lord wants us to be and the, the work that needs to be done to be who the Lord wants us to be in the midst of this world that we live in is not a simple thing. But the thing the Lord that keep reminding me of is that we can't but God can. I am learning, and, and I tell you, I am learning to learn how to rest in the fact that the Lord is doing the work in and through me. See, because if you really want to do what God wants you to do, it can get frustrating. And then when you're trying and it's not going all that well, you can get more frustrated. It's like you're doing your best to do right. And it's just not working out. <laughs> and you can be doing right for a little while and then something happens. It's like, how did I get here? 
How did this happen to me? I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm talking to all the people that had some of those I can't believe it moments. I was all right. What happened? How did I get here? But it happens. And when we turn to the book of Romans and we go into the seventh chapter. Now, the book of Romans is what some call Paul's gospel. Why? Because it lays out the need and the plan for salvation. How humanity got to the state that we're in. And in the beginning, it just simply tells us that we turned our backs on God. And we became a mess. Because we knew there was a God. We knew God was real, but we decided that we wanted to follow other things than God. It got to the point where men didn't know how to be men anymore and women didn't know how to be women anymore. Now, that, now Paul said that 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. Now, I'm, I'm going to step right into the controversy. But the reality is, it's been said now that we don't understand gender. And now we're coming to an understanding of gender. That's why we realize there's more than two. Because now we see what it's actually about. Well, 2,000 years ago, this man said that men didn't know how to be men and women didn't know how to be women because they stopped following God. In my mind, that seemed to make a little more sense than what I'm being told now. But as I've said, this is what we've become. So for all of the Christians that get their backs up, ah, it's like, stop it. When someone's telling you this is what they feel and what they think, it is what they feel and what they think, because this is what we've become. So stop telling people their feelings aren't real. Stop telling people what they think is not real. It's real to them. And when you study your Bible, you realize this is what we've become. So stop being mad because we've become this big mess that you're looking at. Don't be mad. Just understand where it's coming from and what is your part in trying to help. Help. H-E-L. Help. Your part as a Christian, as a child of God, as a disciple of Jesus Christ is to help. Not make things worse. Not cause no fights. Because let me tell, let you in on a little secret. You worried about what they doing wrong. As soon as you open your mouth with hostility and anger, as soon as you open your mouth with judgment and criticism, guess what? You in the same boat. We all in the same boat. But I ain't doing that. <laughs> it's like, look in the book and tell me where that matters. <laughs> we have all become slaves to sin. That's just what it is. Then chapter seven explains how, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because the law became a problem. But the law became a problem. If you look at God's whole plan, the law was a problem on purpose. Pastor, what you talking about? I'm going to get there in a minute. We're fallen creatures. So the law that was supposed to tell us what we needed to do in order to get right with God actually ended up being a temptation. Because you know how we are. Don't tell me not to do it. Because if you tell me not to do it, then I'm going to want to know why. Why I can't do it. 
And when you start wondering why I can't do it, then you're going, let me see. <laughs> oh, and then we get to Romans chapter seven, starting at verse 14. And I'm going to be reading from the message. Very familiar portion of scripture. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, but I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself after all. I spent a long time in sin's prison. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, I just want to make sure you're listening. Because you are full of yourself. Like we all are full of ourselves. <laughs> what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. Doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. For if I know the law, but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly, it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's command, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. <laughs> Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Now, I, everybody should be able to relate to that. Everyone, because at one point it happens. And like I said, you can be doing well. And then all of a sudden you get tripped up and you next thing you're in this hole. And how did I get here? And, and he's not just talking about the top 10 sin list. Because I know some of them, oh, I don't get tripped up in sin, not me. That's pride right there. And lying. Because <laughs> so, it's like, well, I don't, I don't be doing those things. So I, I, I'm strong in my faith because I don't do those things. I ain't talked to Susie Q in years. I deleted Trevor's number. <laughs> that ain't what we're talking about. What about your bad attitude? What about your pride? What about when God tell you to do something and you got something to say instead of just saying yes? What about your fears and anxieties? You, you know, if he said, do not worry, that translates to a command. So if you're worrying, you're sinning. <laughs> well, if he said not to do it and I'm doing it, then I'm missing the mark. So if I'm missing the mark, then I'm sinning. Uh-huh. Yes. Who's going to help me? Because I realize in my best effort not to worry, I end up worrying about worrying. <laughs> then I start stressing myself out about worrying. 
Now I'm anxious about my worry. Who's going to help me? Well, this is the thought for today. Our problems are bigger than just being too weak to do what God says. And our struggle to do God's will, we must rely on what God has done and is doing. We must accept and rest in the fact that we can't, but God can. But God can. See, Romans is a really good reminder of us stop trying to save ourselves. You know, from, from the first two people to, I checked yesterday, the, the, the live world clock was at 7.96 billion people. 7.96 billion people. So from two people to 7.96 billion people, we still can't save ourselves. Those two in the beginning, I, I, I love to bring this contrast because most people act like, well, if it wasn't for this, if my spouse would act right, if my job would act right, if I could hear God clearly, then, but well, Adam and Eve would, they had the perfect spouse. Perfect spouse built for each other. I mean, you can't get better than that. Perfect environment, perfect jobs. Didn't have any stress about bosses. They was the boss of everything. Perfect relationship with God. You can't say you didn't hear from God. Just wait till a cool little afternoon. He'll show up. And you had one rule. And it was one rule about one tree. You have a, just think about it. You have a garden full of stuff to eat. It was one rule with one tree. That, that's the only one you couldn't touch. The only one. And we messed that up. So don't blame your environment. Don't blame your spouse. Don't blame your boss. Don't blame, I can't hear God. Because <laughs> even when you hear him, you still got to choose what you're going to do with that. So a perfect environment didn't work. Miraculous interventions didn't work because the children of Israel, you would think that, well, if I saw those pillars of fire, if I saw the spread sea split, if I saw those things, I would most certainly do whatever God says. Right. It didn't work with them. It wouldn't work with you either. Laws and consequences didn't work. I'm telling you, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you do that, this is what's going to happen. Don't do this because this is what's going to happen. And guess what? We did it anyway. There's nothing any of us are ever going to be able to do to save ourselves. We can't, but God can. God can. And, and, and no, I'm only talking to the people who actually feel they need to be saved. It, I'm not talking anybody that don't think they need to be saved. None of this makes any sense because you don't need God. You got yourself and you're good. Amen. Amen. I need a savior. So, and, and my wife need a savior. And my sons and daughters need saviors. And my grandchildren need saviors. So, I, look, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm going to speak for me and my house. We need a savior. But this is the thing that we got to learn, families, that we got to rely on God for that salvation. 
It is not in my own human effort that it works. It cannot. And relying on God is always the best, always the best option. Because when something is going wrong in here, in here, in here, relying on God is the best option. Relying on myself doesn't get it done. Why? Because our flesh is limited. What our minds think of always falls short. Because none of us can think of everything that needs to be done. None of us can see everything. Our human brains are limited. And even the information that we take in, knowing it is not enough to do something with it. You can know stuff and it goes nowhere. We can't rely on just what we think. We can't rely on just what we feel. Because every one of us know when you get hit with a wave of emotion, you, you can be taken out. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how smart you are. When you get, when that wave of emotion come, you're done. You just got to let it pass. Get swept away with it. Because we cannot handle the overwhelming emotions. Some of us get mad. Some of us cry. Some of us break things. Some of us just do whatever. Because <laughs> you just can't take it no more. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I'm I'm not letting y'all get away with that. (laughs) Y'all, I want to see the hands of the people that have been to the I can't take it no more place. (laughs) All right. Amen. 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 Everybody in here is honest because if somebody didn't raise their hand. mm, mm, mm. So when it's like, I feel, I I feel you what you feel what? That's what you feel now. Who knows that's what you're going to feel five minutes from now. Feelings is limited. It's limited. We cannot live our lives based on just whatever it is we feel. And if you didn't think about this before, even our wills are limited. See, because many of us, once I made up my mind, that's it. I'm, I'm one of those people. Once I made up my mind, that's it. Once I said it's done. It's done. There's there's no need for you to even discuss it with me any further past I'm done. But did you know your will has a limit? Even with the deepest convictions of the human will, there's a point that it can be tempted and broken. Even when I've made up my mind not to. So if we try to save ourselves based on just our own will, there's a point where you can be tempted and there's a point where you can be broken. Every human will can be broken. Given enough pressure, enough time, enough circumstance, every human will can be broken. So we cannot rely on our thinking, our emotions, or our will to save us. But the good thing is that God supersedes the limitations of who we are. But I I was going to finish with that part. But then, you know, as I was doing this, I'm like, that's bad enough. My thinking, my emotions and my will, that's bad enough. But then I can't even rely on my spirit because my spirit is corrupted. Now, those that have been in church for a long time, you realize that the people like I feel it in my spirit. My spirit is telling me, my spirit is telling me. 
Now, I believe in the prophetic. I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks through us. But when someone is just always my spirit, and this this is the thing I look for, is how come your spirit never corrects you? How come your spirit has always got something to say about somebody else? Don't just, it's, it's your spirit is working. How come your spirit don't tell you you need to check your attitude? Because those spirit people always got something to say about somebody else. Why? Because our spirits are corrupted. And this is how it happened, because we were created to be connected with God. He breathed that life in us. What a fantastic thing. If you think that human beings, God breathed life in us. That's how we became into a living being because God breathed in us. So we were permanently connected with God because the very essence of us being alive came from the father himself breathing into this clay. And now the clay became something different. Now, people can talk about evolution all they want. Somebody still need to explain to me how does something that was not alive become alive? How did a chemical reaction create life? How are babies create? Look, this cell come with this cell and then becomes a whole new life. How did that? What? We just know it's a fact, but nobody can't really explain why. How does that become alive? <laughs> what an amazing thing. But that's how God created us so that this idea of life and our spirit is always connected to him. But we broke the relationship. We broke the relationship. So we wonder why, why, why is my spirit off? Well, when it's broken from God, which is the source of what it's always should have been, what nurtures and, and replenishes and refresh and inspires our spirit is that connection with God. When that's broken, then that's why we get this mess that we're in now. Now, it was influenced by the devil. I just got to say that. That thought about that fruit came from the devil. But it was a thought. It was a thought that was spoken and inspired. He did not take the fruit off the tree and shove it down her throat. (laughs) It was a thought. So that means we were complicit because it was an act of our will that helped to destroy this relationship with God. Because I had to decide that I know better than what God said. That was the decision. That was the original sin. I know better than God. So I'm not going to listen to him. I'm going to do it my way. Now the devil's sitting back and said, all I did was just suggest. I made a suggestion. I ain't make her do it. I ain't make her do it. I just gave her something to think about. <laughs> so, so you know that's still happening right that's, he's still giving you stuff to think about and because of this relationship we have with God now we can check that because we see the, the things that went wrong we can check that so when we don't that's what happened you're still living with that dead spirit. 
the one that died because it separated itself from God, the one that gave it life, that brought it into being, separated from that. So when we look back at what Paul said about there's something wrong, it's like, yes, brother, there's something wrong. It's something deeply wrong with all of us because we have been corrupted because we have taken things on ourselves. I'm still mad at Adam and Eve because we got the, we have the burden of trying to decide good and wrong, right and wrong because of them. Think about how much easier your life would be if it's just God said it, just do it. I don't have to think about how it's going to feel. I don't have to think about what's going to happen. I don't have to think about how am I going to get what I want. You just do what God said because there is no right and wrong. You just do what God says. That's all there is. How much easier would life be if you didn't have to think about, well, if I do what God says, then what's going to happen? If I, what, what, how much easier would life be if you didn't have to think that? If those thoughts never came to your mind? Just God, do it, do it. God said, do it. God told me, do it. End the story. Life would be so much simpler. So much, oh, at least for me, I spend too much time thinking about, well, what about? What, what about? So our spirits is corrupt. Now, the consequence of that action, we have that burden, but... This is where when it really went wrong and why we can't save ourselves and why we have to remember God can, but we can't. Our desire is now for our own will. Once we've lost that connection with God, all of our desires is just to get what I want. Mm. Oh, Lord. We want what we want. If we think it is good, if we feel like it's good, if our spirit tell us it's good. <laughs> then it's good. But that's because we are corrupt. That's because things went wrong. Because somehow, how, how is everything I want the right thing? And the bad thing about it is that you can want it just for a moment. Because it's like, I want it. But then you get it and it's like, I don't want this no more. Or you get it and it's like, ah, it wasn't all that I thought it was going to be. Ah, I don't want it anymore. But I really wanted it before I had it. But then if I get it, then it's like, ah. And you can't help yourself. You can't help yourself. Now, how many times you really wanted something really bad, but then you got the thing and it didn't matter? Or you really wanted it really bad, then you wanted something else and forgot about the first thing that you wanted. How many times does that happen in your life? And you can't help yourself. I can't save myself. I can't save myself because I'm stuck in the same trap like everybody else. <laughs> and, you know, you want what you want to be right all the time. If I want it, I want me wanting it being right. So don't tell me I shouldn't want it. <laughs> If I really want it, don't tell me I shouldn't want it because I want what I want to be right. And I will fight you for it to be right. But, you know, our flesh is limited. Our spirits are corrupt. Our desires are for our own will. 
But here's the big problem. Because see, some people think me wanting what I want is not really a problem. It's not, what's wrong with that? Those are the people that are successful in this world. Those are the people that make it. Those are the people that have the things that they want and the good things of the, because they wanted it and they went after it and they put their heart into making it happen. That sounds good, right? Well, problem is our lives are connected to each other. So me wanting it could be a problem. James 4, 1 through 3 says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you did not ask God. When you ask, you did not receive because you asked with wrong motives, that you would spend what you get on your own pleasures. There's a lot of us that are frustrated at this point in our lives because I want this. And God is not giving it to you. And it's like, well, why aren't you giving it to me? Because you only wanted to make yourself feel good, not to enrich yourself or the world. It's not about serving God. It's not about making things better in the kingdom of God. It's just because I want it because it'll feel good for me to have it. And I don't understand why God is not giving it to me. And if you want it, to get rid of the feeling of anxiety and worry, that's a problem for God, if you didn't figure that out. Because he wants you to trust him. So if you can't be at peace, except that you have the thing that you want, then that means you're not trusting God. So if you're not trusting God, God is like, well, wait a minute. So this, this matters more than trusting me. This matters more than resting in, in me. This having this. So, oh, this is your God now. Because if you have this, then you have joy and peace. Without this, you don't have joy and peace. Why would God ever say that's okay? Uh, oh, ooh. Yeah, it's one of those kind of lessons today. I, I thought it was going to be encouraging. I think the last part is going to be encouraging. What we do affects other people. That's why me just wanting what I want can't be the end of the story. Because whatever I do, someone else is going to be affected by it. And then what happens when my desires conflict with your desires? What happens then? Somebody's going to lose. And if there is no space between what I want and what I'm willing to do to get it, somebody's going to get hurt. I heard that in line in a movie. God told a person that, you know, there has to be no space between what you want and what you're willing to do to get it. And I'm like, that's of the devil. That if there was a time to say the devil is a lie, that's the time to say the devil is a lie. There's, hear me, church. Hear me, family. There is no time. No one who's calling themselves a disciple of Jesus Christ can act like there is no space. There's nothing I'm not willing to do to get what I want. That is not a Christian attitude. It cannot be because we cannot treat other people like they don't matter. And I, I tell you the truth. 
when you have that attitude, you get a lot. Because it don't matter who you step on. It don't matter who you hurt. It don't matter who get run over in the process. At the end of the day, I get what I want and I leave a trail of bodies behind me. There's nothing Christ-like about that. Oh boy. The one with no conscience is the one that can win that kind of battle. But look at what happens. When you have one group of people that think that way and another group of people that just keep getting stepped on, what happens after those people that keep getting stepped on say, that's about enough of that? <laughs> the people who keep getting stuff taken from them and taken from them and taken from them, at one point it's like, I don't have nothing else for you to take. And if you reach your arm back out one more time, you try to take, I have nothing left, and you trying to take the air that I breathe? Okay, now we got a problem. You trying to take my thoughts and my emotions too? You trying to take my very being? Now we have a problem. Now, and, and if you're a st student of history, you know what happens. That groups get angry, hostile, bitter. They rise up, and they overthrow the ones that's been taken. But then... Those people become the oppressors. <laughs> the same ones that rose up and took over because they were being oppressed. Now they have the power and now they are going to keep the power. So they end up oppressing everybody else. This is why we can't save ourselves. Because you can start a rebellion if you want to. <laughs> you can gain the worldly power if you want to. But then keeping the power becomes the thing. I read an article this week about that is when Christians seek power in government, then power becomes the important thing, not the faith. And that's history. It's biblical. When the high priest decided he wanted to be the king, start taking on kingly responsibilities, it went bad. Uh, all right. All right, I'm going to let that part go. But it's proof that we can't save ourselves. No matter what we do, we can't save ourselves. Family, we can't save ourselves. When you look at the history of the world, the history of Christendom, the history of faith, we can't save ourselves. And the Lord is telling us, this, this is who I want you to be. This is how I want you to live. These are the things I want you to do. And we can get to the point where it's like, how can I? Because I can't. Well, we can't. But God can. God can. So how does this work? God gives us a new spirit, and that new spirit finds its hope in Jesus. This is the part of the message that should be encouraging for you. See, all of this fighting and stuff that we're doing, because I'm only talking about the people who are sincerely trying to live the way that Jesus said we should live. And when you think about like all the stuff that we've studied in Bible study, and we see the things that Jesus was saying, there's a direct challenge for us to obey the things that he told us to obey. But that comes with a changing of the heart. The last thing that we study, where the disciples were still arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said to them directly that unless you change... You won't even see the kingdom of heaven unless you change. And that because they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest. But he said, unless you change, you won't even see it. You won't even see it. So when we're looking at ourselves and we're looking at the pride and the ego and the things that can get in the way of us being who God wants us to be, what are we going to do about those things when we're being challenged and challenged and ch unfairly challenged? It's like, you've got to be kidding me, man. 
I can't believe you said that to me. <laughs> Ooh, who, who, uh, give me a minute. I got I to gotta recover. Because <laughs> I'm one of those people that is like, I can't believe you just said that. I can't, I can't believe. And I'm better now because before I would have just said it. Now I t- usually take a moment. It probably comes out on my face, but I usually take a moment before I let the words come out of my mouth. Because before I'm like, what are you talking? What did you just say to me? Now, 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 now I'll probably just give you. I'm, I'm supposed to be working on my face. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going well. <laughs> but, but, but now I, I, I would, what did you say? And it's like, but the Lord is saying, be kind be gentle, do good. Told you when we go on vacation and that, and, and, and that, and that 666 person showed up and, and I'm standing there and this person is being rude. And I'm like, well, Hey, wait, wait. Oh, I was here first. Oh no, you wasn't. (laughs) I didn't say it though. I actually didn't say it, but but I saw the distress that the person was in. And what came back to my mind is go the extra mile. Jesus said to go the extra mile because I was being challenged at that moment because like, oh, no, no, I got my own problem. And you come stepping in the middle of my problem with your problem It's like you need to wait till I finish with my problem. But I heard go the extra mile. So I said, OK. <laughs> So doing that is like, how do you keep doing that? Because after a while, it's like enough, enough. I'm trying to work with you and you ain't working with me while I'm trying to work with you. And then when I actually have the ability to end this, because sometimes you're in a position where Oh, I don't need to talk to you. I don't have to talk to you. (laughs) Close the door in your face. Sometimes you're in that position and then the Lord saying, go the extra mile. I can't, but God can. So this is, so when you start to think about the things that Christ did for us, That's what helps us to get to that place that if he said it, oh, you're going to at least give it an effort. You're not going to dismiss it and say, I'm just going to do what I want. When you think about the sacrifice that Christ made. Now, when I think about his sacrifice, the fact that he left heaven to come here. He left glory to come here. Perfect relationship with the father, the only begotten you working together in harmony to where y'all become like one and you left there to come here. To put on the limitations of this flesh, the sacrifice he made for us. I can't, but God can. But when I put my hope in Christ. The fact that he died on the cross, but then he rose from the grave. That beating should have been mine, minister. That humiliation should have been mine. That torture should have been mine. 
but he did it for me. So when that struggle that Paul is talking about and things that's going on inside, well, what's going to make me better? Jesus is going to make me better. Jesus is going to make me better. And then think about the life that he lived. He didn't just talk the talk. He walked it. He showed us exactly how to deal with knuckleheads. See, the problem is that some of us become knuckleheads dealing with the knuckleheads. Jesus never became a knucklehead. If you just listen to how Jesus handled things, he would, I mean, he was a master of turning the situation back on the person that was coming after him. And as we learned in this study is that, wait a minute, he didn't just use parables because he liked telling stories. He told parables because I ain't talking to y'all no more. The people that didn't want to listen, the people that just wanted to argue, the people that were just trying to find things to complain about, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm going to tell a story. How are you going to complain about the story? When he was teaching directly, oh, but Moses said this, and the law said this, and the law. But if I told a story, what you, what you going to say about the story? So the people that were trying to hear him heard what the story was saying. And if they're like, I think he's trying to tell me something. Then they go back and say, Jesus, what was that about? Because I think he was trying to tell me, but I missed it. <laughs> but because they wanted to hear, that's why they did it. So all the other people is like, what are you complaining about the story for? What's in the story that you're going to complain about? Right over there. He showed us how to do it. So trust me, God can make you that wise too. <laughs> that when they coming at you with a whole bunch of stuff, saying a whole bunch of stuff, the spirit of the living God can give you exactly what to say. I'm going to just tell you a little story. <laughs> I ain't going to argue with you about nothing. I'm just going to tell you a little story. And either you get it or you don't. So his sacrifice, his life, and his resurrection. I, I love the fact that our Jesus came back to life. And I know people, you're, you're crazy. How can you be an educated, intelligent man and actually believe that someone stayed in the grave for three days and came back to life? This is the time when I say my spirit. <laughs> But I realize is my human spirit agreeing with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one who has actually made that a reality for me. So my human spirit, when it's subject to the Holy Spirit, then I can say my spirit. But other than because <laughs> you don't know that Jesus rose from the dead unless the Holy Spirit told you so. If, if that's just something your preacher said, then you don't know it. If it's just something your parents said, you don't know it. Something you heard in Sunday school on church or heard somebody sing a song, you don't know it. It is not until the spirit of the living God moves on the inside and reveals that to be true, that Jesus did rise from the grave, that he died and he rose bodily from the grave and that he walked this earth and that Jesus is still alive. Only the spirit of the living God makes that true in your heart. Nothing else can. No reason, no thought, no preacher, no one can. Only the spirit of the living God. 
So his victory over the grave is the thing that gives me hope too. Because when I feel like I'm dying, I realize that that ain't even the end of the story. So even if I did die, there's still hope on the other side. I still can walk through it. Why? Because Jesus walked through it. He bust that door right open. If he walked through it, I could walk through it too. I don't have to be afraid of death because I know that my Savior has already conquered it. And then the fact that he's coming back. He's, co- he's coming back. This is not the end of the story for us. He is coming back. Read the end of the book. And you know, he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you better know. Get to know. When you think, look at these world, the things that's happening, the, happening in the world, what the Lord said to me, these things must be. These things must be. That's what it said in the world. These things must be. These are the things that has to happen. These are the things that has to happen. So my hope is in Christ. When I'm in that place where I'm feeling the pressure and everything is falling apart and I don't know how it's going, I have to focus on Jesus. That's the whole message for t- focus on Jesus, not on yourself. If you're going to be what the Lord wants you to be, you've got to focus on Jesus. It can't be about what I'm trying to do, what I want to accomplish, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to make happen. It's got to be focusing on Jesus. So when it gets too much for you, you've got to focus on Jesus. Lord, it's not about me trying to get right. It's not about me trying to make myself right, but it's about me loving you more, getting closer to you, reaching out to you more, laying in your presence more, calling on your name more, asking for your help more, believing in you more. Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. If the Lord said to you, look, I'm going to take care of it. You're going to be fine. Why are you still fighting? Do you not believe him? Do you not believe him? I walked over to her and I picked up her baby. the most precious person in the world. Now she loved her husband, but he could take care of himself. (laughs) (laughs) But I picked up her baby and she gave it to me. And she's not like ready to jump out her seat. Why? Because she can rest in the fact that this is Papa A and he got his baby Nia and she's fine. Right, mama? Like, what's, what's going on? Why am I up here? I know, I know, baby, I know. I'm gonna take you back to mommy. No, not Nana. <laughs> when Jesus said you had to become as a little child, So when he takes you up in his arms, you're not wandering, anxious. You just rest in his arms. 
So family, that's what the Lord is saying to you today, that in the fight that you're in, rest in him. Just rest in him. When you're feeling yourself tense, just relax, relax. Just rest in him. Rest in him like a little baby being held, like a mom that's like, I know that if he has my baby, my baby is fine. So if whatever your little baby is that you give into the Lord, rest in it. Rest in it. Stop. Ah, God. And I'm, I'm, I, I see why the Lord, because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. There's a lot of anxiety about something. There's a thing that you got a lot of anxiety about. And the Lord is saying, give it to me and rest that I'm going to take care of it. Give it to me and rest that I'm going to take care of it. All of that anxious feelings, breathe, calm down. Do you not believe I'm going to take care of it? Did she not believe that that, that Nia was going to be safe in my arms? Of course she did. Of course she did. We've had some experience. (laughs) I'm not some random dude off the street that came to want to pick. Well, I would have never got that far. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's actually the truth. I would have never got, wouldn't have got within six feet. I was like, <laughs> but because we have a relationship. So when I come in, I'm like, give me the baby. Here. I don't have to worry. What is that thing that you're holding on to that God is saying? Just come rest in me and trust me about it. What is that thing? Because you can't save yourself, but God can. You can't save yourself, but God can. So why not just give it to him? Because you can't save yourself, but God can. Bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. 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 We sing the song that our God is champion and that he reigns forevermore. My encouragement to you this morning is to make that a reality because I feel the anxiety. I feel the disturbance in your mind and in your emotions and your spirit. I feel the disturbance and God is saying to rest in me. Trust me. Rest in me. It's like, well, think about his sacrifice. Think about his life. Think about his victory. Think about his return. Think about these things. And then you can rest in him. Don't let that thing become your God that you can't let it go. Don't let that thing determine your joy and your peace. God has a plan for you. Your life is ordered by the Lord. He knows what he's doing in your life, through you and in you. He knows what he's doing. Trust that. Trust that. Trust that. We can't, but God can. So, Father, we're coming to you now, Lord. Even in letting it go, God, we have problems. But we can't, but you can 
So we're asking you, Lord, that by your spirit, that you would just move in us, oh God, help us to order things so that it brings glory to your name, oh God. Lord, those fears, those anxieties, those things that we doubt about ourselves, the things that we don't know about you, oh God, Father, we're asking you to settle those things in our lives this morning, settle those things in our hearts this morning, Lord, so that we can just walk according to your will. Lord, you restored our spirits. You brought us back to life and you gave us your spirit to empower us and to help us, oh God. So Lord, help us to learn that, to walk in that. Ah, mm. Okay, every, if, if there's someone that's holding on to something and, and they really need, it's disturbing you so badly, you can't get any rest with this thing. I want you to stand up right now. Those that are at home, I want you to do the same thing. Just stand up, stand up, stand up. You know, it's troubling you and it's like, I can't get away from this thing. I can't get out from under this thing. I want to get out from under it, but I can't get out from under it. It is disturbing me on the inside, but God, I know you're speaking to me today. I know you're talking to me today, Lord God. So Father, I stand in acknowledgement that I need your help. I'm saying to you, God, that I can't, but I know that you can. I'm saying to you, God, I know I can't save myself, but I know that you can. I know, Lord Jesus, all that you've done, the sacrifice that you made for me, the life that you lived to show me, the victory that you expressed in your power, Lord, Lord, I'm acknowledging that you, Lord, have already shown the way, that you, Lord, have already done the work and are still doing the work. So I'm crying out to you right now, Lord God, and I'm asking for your help right now because I can't save myself, but I know that you can. I acknowledge that you can. So I'm saying, save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Renew my mind, renew my heart, strengthen my spirit, oh, empower me by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, wash over me in a new way and lift me up, Lord God, for your name's sake. Lord, I am your child. I am your child. I know that I belong to you and I'm struggling, Lord God, but I know that you have not left me on my own and I know that you are committed to my success. You are committed to me doing well. So Lord, this morning, God, bless me, Lord God. Empower me, Lord God. Pour out, Lord God. Wash through me, Lord God. Lord, so that I might be saved. Jesus. Lord, bind the hand of the enemy. Bind the hand of the enemy. Every lie that he's telling, Lord God. Everything that he's throwing in my way, Lord God. Every trick that he's using, God. I'm asking you to deliver me from the hand of the evil one this morning, oh God. Hallelujah. Plead the blood now, God. Lord, I plead the blood now. The blood that saved me, that washed me, that destroyed the works of the devil. I'm pleading the blood over my life right now, oh God. For it is in that blood that I have my victory. I'm choosing to trust you this morning, Lord. I'm choosing to believe you this morning, oh God. Hallelujah. Lord, I don't want to walk away carrying the same thing any longer, Lord. 
I want to find my rest in you. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And I thank you for what you're going to do. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 We bless your name, oh God. And we worship you, God. You're worthy of the glory and of the honor and of the praise. You're worthy of our worship, Lord God. You're worthy of our love, Lord God. We also your faithfulness, Lord God, and your patience, Lord God, and your power, Lord God. You are worthy, Lord, worthy, worthy of our worship, Lord God. So we lift up your name today, Lord God. We give you honor today, Lord God. You are the awesome God. You are the mighty. God. You are the loving God. You are the creator, God. Lord, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, for in you we move and live and have our being. Lord, we glorify your name today, Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. 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 We are forever changed because of you, God. Forever changed because of you. Lord, you have made us anew, Lord God. Lord, we are something different, Lord. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you for that, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we don't want this to end here, Lord. But as we continue our week, Lord God, as we continue going out to do the things you have given us to do, Lord, we ask that your spirit would just continue to minister to us, continue to pour into us, continue to help us to see you, God, in everything that's going on. Then, Lord, show us what it is that you would have of us, Lord God that we would focus our attention on accomplishing the work while it is day, because the night is coming when no man can work, Lord God. No one, Lord, no one. Lord, we see the night coming, Lord, and we want to get it done before it does. Oh God, oh God. So bless us in our homes. Bless us on the road. Bless us in our jobs, Lord. Bless us in the supermarket, Lord. Bless us at the gas station, the bank, Lord God. Bless us everywhere we go, Lord God. Every store, Lord God. Every person we interact with, Lord, let your anointing fall, Lord God, so that your name will be glorified here on the earth. Lord, and as you use us, give us a testimony. And then bring us back together again to glorify your name. And we thank you, Father. Amen. And amen. 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 Hallelujah.